How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, December 18th, 2018. We're coming off a big Monday night football game last night. I chose not to podcast yesterday and to wait till today solely because I needed to see what happened in the Saints game. And look, guys, I mean, that game was hard to watch last night. There's no other way to put it. Can't really make it sound any better than it was. I mean, the Panthers and the Saints, who played worst? And realistically, the Panthers probably played worse. I mean, Cam Newton threw that horrible interception. You had the DJ Moore fumble. It felt like every single time the Panthers were moving down the field, you're like, wow, the Panthers might steal this one at home. But nope. I mean, that was your classic NFC South matchup. Um, I mean, that's that's what you're going to expect is a hard grinded out kind of game between these two teams. There's a lot more low scoring than a lot of people thought. I saw the under had a lot of movement on it, which was tipping people off a lot. I mean, I knew that game was going to be hard to watch. The Saints offense has kind of disappeared here. They're not very good in cold weather. Next week, they'll be back home versus Pittsburgh, which is a huge game. But the Panthers are done, quite frankly, guys, and Cam Newton doesn't look right. I mean, his shoulder looked awful. He didn't even attempt to pass 20 yards down the field. Christian McCaffrey threw their only touchdown. Crazy thing right here about Christian McCaffrey stat I heard today. He's been on the field this season for 97.5% of the team's snaps they've taken this year. I mean, Christian McCaffrey does it all, guys. This guy takes no plays off. I mean, we haven't seen a running back really play this many snaps since 2006. And that's not before... I mean, that's before really these third down backs and stuff. So, I mean, it's he basically threw an entire era. He carries the ball the most of any running back. I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me, guys. Christian McCaffrey is an absolute workhorse. Um, let me get for you all the exact stat here. I'm about to pull it up. So, Christian McCaffrey t- um, hasn't missed a snap for the last five straight weeks. He's played 97.7% of the offensive snaps. He's missed 21 total snaps all season, and this hasn't happened since 06. I mean, that's just crazy, guys, and that's before the third down backs and all that. So Christian McCaffrey's an absolute beast, and we kind of saw it out there. But look, guys, the Saints couldn't have played any worse, and they still won this game. So that's a crazy thing to me right there. Drew Brees threw, I guess it only counts as one interception because the one on the the two-point conversion doesn't count. But, I mean, Drew Brees threw two interceptions, something you don't really see him do. And the Panthers did a damn good job shutting down Kamara on that fourth down play they went for where they flipped it out of the side to Kamara. Thought it was genius how that how that uh, Sean Payton ran that play away from Luke Keekley. I mean, we saw Keekley multiple plays where I thought Kamara was going to put his foot in the ground and just go with one of those jump cuts he always does. But, no, Keekley grabbed him by the foot and held him down. I mean, this Panthers defense has played well, guys. The Panthers has outgained coming into this game their opponents in seven out of their last eight games. They just hadn't been winning them, so that's a huge problem there. They're done, but, I mean, like I said, guys, the Saints couldn't have played any worse, and they still won this game. That's the difference between them and the rest of the league. We watched the Rams play absolutely awful on Sunday, and they and they got smacked. I mean, the Eagles embarrassed them. That was absolutely embarrassing with Nick Foles beating them. I'm going to talk about that game, though, in a minute. But, I mean, guys, the Saints look completely different from the rest of this league. They can come out here and play a terrible game on the road, out of their element completely and still get the win. That's why I have the Saints at number one in my power rankings. I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. The NFL is pretty up for grabs. My thing is, though, who is going to go into New Orleans and beat the Saints? I still don't think anybody can do it. I mean, I after the win Pittsburgh had last week, I couldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past Mike Tomlin to go in there and get the big win, but I don't know if I still trust Pittsburgh, man. There's too much controversy that comes out of this locker room every week. You don't know what you're going to get from this team week to week. I mean, that's going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy game. Can't wait to watch it next week, but I mean, this upcoming Sunday, but. Overall, guys, I really think that the Saints are the best team right now in the NFL. I think they'll go to the Super Bowl. They're a dome team that favors them, and they beat Atlanta and Atlanta. They've played in this stadium tons of times. I'm not going to lie. I'm be pissed off when all these New Orleans fans come into my city for the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, guys, I think that's the way the cookie's going to crumble, though, this season. I'm not going to lie, though. You cannot 
count out the Bears here. They have struggled. You've seen the Saints struggle now against teams with good linebackers, the Cowboys and the Panthers. They've struggled with both of them. I mean, you got to take a quick little look here at what the Bears got. Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, all these players they got on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's going to be a good game. Eddie Jackson, probably the best safety in the league. He's got the highest rating right now of all of them by Pro Football Focus. So, Kendall Fuller, you can't write this Bears team off. I think the Bears are the biggest threat at this point in the NFC. The Rams to me, I guess I'll go ahead and talk about them now that I've talked a little bit here about the Saints. I'm going to talk about the Saints later. Though. I want to talk about the MVP race, but guys, what is going on with the Rams? They look absolutely awful. My prediction was they would go 15-1, and one, fizzle out in the playoffs. I think they peaked too soon, and they're still going to fizzle out in the playoffs. I don't. I mean, obviously, the 15-1 and one can't happen anymore, but this Ram team looks terrible, guys, and I think I've found their biggest weakness. Their weakness is they give up all their depth to have these big-name players, but, I mean, when have you heard Ndamukong Sue's name called besides them talking, besides the announcers talking about it at halftime where we need to see something about Ndamukong Sue? He hasn't really made any plays all season. I think he's done bad. I mean, you could say that he's taking on defense and Aaron Donald's not, but at the same time, you feel like that Aaron Donald would be the one getting doubled and you'd be worried about Ndamukong Sue. I mean, nose tackles, you can never really talk like that, but I'm just saying, guys, if you're going to go out and pay Ndamukong Sue all that money, I want to see something out of it. I really haven't seen shit so far this season, so I got to see something more there from him. In general, though, guys, this Rams team just looks dead. I mean, they looked absolutely defeated that entire game against the Eagles. Jared Goff looks beat up. He looks tired. This entire team just looks tired and beat up, and I think that it showed the most when Marcus Peters tried to go in the state in the stands and fight that fan. I just feel like that was just his way of showing how frustrated he was and how fed up the Rams are with the way everything's going right now. I think this Rams team is on the way out. I mean... I don't really know what's going to happen here in these next couple games. They really don't have anybody serious on the schedule that they're playing here in these next two games. But the Rams look done to me, guys. At the Cardinals versus the 49ers, I mean, that's not any kind of big game. They'll get the bye week, get a chance to figure things out, get a chance to get healthy. But, I mean, you look, you lose Cooper Cup on the offensive end, the offense starts to drop off. I really think that that has hurt them a lot. Like I said, that that was going to be a huge loss for them. I mean, you could also argue, though, that in that Chiefs game, I mean, they didn't they had they didn't have cup cup for that one either, and they absolutely went off. But I mean, that game was just game was just wild. But ever since Cup's gone down these last couple weeks, they just haven't looked like the same Rams. Really, since that shootout game, they just haven't looked like the Rams that we thought we would see. That Lions game was, I mean, closer than it should have been. The Bears game, I mean, Todd Gurley rolling his ankles hurt them. They don't really have anybody behind him, but. Overall, I just feel like this Rams team's falling apart, guys. They peaked way too soon this season. I seriously think the Bears are a better team than them at this point. I would take the Bears over them if they played each other. I mean, we saw it the other night. The Bears held them to six points. Six points. If you told me the Rams are going to score six points in a single game this season, I would have said, you're crazy. Get out of here. I mean, they wave Pharaoh Cooper. This team, I feel like, is really just falling apart. And I don't really know what's going to happen. It's not Sean McVay's fault. I just think, like, the team morale and the way that this, the personnel they have is just falling apart on them. So... That's huge right there. Another takeaway from this game is, are the Eagles better than Nick Foles? I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say, no, the Eagles are not better than Nick Foles. Look, you can make the argument they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles in there. You can make the argument they won that game with Nick Foles and they looked better with Nick Foles in there all season long than they have Carson Wentz. Obviously, Carson Wentz has been battling injuries all season long. He struggled to get back from a major ACL injury. Typically, players don't play as well that next season. They sometimes need another season to recover. Carson Wentz has happened towards the end of the season. I think he might have gotten rushed back a little bit and wasn't quite ready. I expect him to bounce back. So I can't say Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz and they should give him up. But if they make the playoffs... I don't know. It's it's definitely something to consider. If they make the playoffs, I will definitely consider it. But as of right now, I cannot. 
But that performance is impressive by Nick Foles, guys. He does what he needs to do. He did throw that one interception, but he gets the job done. They play conservative. They somehow found a run game against a Rams defense that's been good against the run all season long. It's just... It's just the Rams are baffling me, but I'm but the Eagles guys, that was just crazy to see them come out and win once again with Nick Foles in there running things. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, like I said earlier. Until they make the playoffs with Nick Nick Foles running things, then that is when I will buy in on them being better off with Nick Foles. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's an MVP level quarterback. But I think that next year, Carson Wentz will be back. So I would not worry at all, Eagles fans. And I would definitely not go around saying you're better than Nick Foles. That's just disrespectful to Carson Wentz and the MVP caliber player that he is. Um, the next thing is Patriots-Steelers. I mean, we had so many big games this weekend. I mean, Chiefs-Chargers. Chiefs I mean, shoot, i got to talk about that one too on here because I haven't talked about that game either. There's just so many big matchups that we have this weekend. I mean, this is one of the most fun weekends. and Back-to-back fun weekends I've had watching the NFL Gotta love how it, how everything's grinding out right now, but let's get into the meat once again here. So the Steelers, guys, this game, this game was wild to me. I mean, this is a game going into it. You got all the stats, all the key trends, everything on the Patriots side, and the Steelers really dominated this game. I mean, Big Ben had that one horrible turnover. Brady did too, but he had two interceptions. But Samuel, Jalen Samuels from NC State ran the ball all over them. That was huge. I mean, you saw James Washington. He had that huge drop earlier in the season where Big Ben and Mike Tomlin called him out. Said this time he's making the big catch. I don't know. This Steelers team, with their back against the wall, stepped up and played the best game they played all season long. I said I thought they were probably done, but at the same time, we'd find out what the Steelers team is made of. And we found out what the Steelers team's made up of. They're going to fight to the very, very end. They're far too talented to lose. Antonio Brown really hasn't had the season that he wanted, but at the same time, he caught a touchdown and came in huge. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's a beast. I saw where that Belichick patted him on the back and said he respects him. I mean, I love Juju in the fire and passion that he plays with. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. I would love to have him on my team. He played decently well in this game. I mean, this is a low-scoring game, guys, but the Steelers' defense balled out and shut down this Patriots offense. This is a Patriots offense that's a top three to five unit in the league with everything they do, yardage, points-wise, everything. This Patriots offense, no easy task shutting them down, yet they were somehow able to shut them down and stop them all game long. One of the most impressive performances I've seen by the Steelers, period. I mean, what can I say, guys? I'm thoroughly impressed right now with the Steelers. I'm very high on them. I think they're going to play the Saints a lot closer than I expected going into this week especially if James Conner comes back. Like I've said all season long, the Steelers' key problem has been the run game. If they can run the ball, they're fine. They ran for 142 yards with Jalen Samuels in this game and were able to control clock and control the ball. I mean, the Steelers, I felt like, had the ball the entire game. When you sit there and watch it, yeah, it's 30 to 20 to 29 minutes, but in the fourth quarter, the Steelers possessed the ball for 70% of the quarter. I mean, Brady threw the key interception. That was the most un-Brady-like play I've seen. Guys, the Patriots are getting old. They're slowing down. They're definitely not playing their best football, but at the same time, all these AFC teams, I really don't know what I'm going to get from them. And if you put a gun to my head right now, I'm taking the Patriots over all of them. If I know anything with Brady and Belichick, every single time, I mean, I watch the Chiefs play them on a on a Monday night game in Arrowhead. Everyone said Brady's done. He's going to retire soon. Put in Jimmy G. His time is over. What happened? Tom Brady comes out, goes to the Super Bowl, he beats the Seahawks and wins it. I mean, I don't expect it to be any different from here. They play the Jets and the Bills back-to-back weeks. Josh Allen's been balling out. I'll talk about rookie quarterbacks here at the end of my NFL segment, but Josh Allen been balling out. Sam Darnold played pretty good game against the Texans. I mean, I think the Patriots, these are going to be two good games for them to get this offensive unit rolling again and roll into the playoffs. I don't think they'll end up getting a first round bye. I think that's a little far-fetched for them at this point. I mean, it's technically not because they're only 9-5, and five, but I think the Texans 
and the Chiefs or Chargers will end up holding on to one of these first round buy or will end up holding on to both the first round buys and the Patriots will have to play the first week. I don't think that's a bad thing though. I mean, we've seen New Orleans go to the Super Bowl before where they've had to play on that at that level. So I mean, I I can't rule New Orleans out here at all. I mean, not New Orleans, uh, New England out right now, guys. New New England is the New England Patriots for a reason. Bill Belichick will fix everything. He'll get everything working right. They'll keep running the ball with Sony Michelle. Josh Gordon had some bad drops. I know he'll get it going again. I think this Patriots team's ready, and I think it's time for them to keep making a move. I'm not scared at all. So Patriots and Steelers still got a lot left to play for. It's gonna be fun to watch those games play out. Um, last last thing I'm gonna talk about here before I talk about the MVP race, is that Chiefs-Chargers game. That was one of the craziest games I've ever seen, guys. There had never been a team trailing by 14 points with five minutes left to come back and win the game. Yet, what does Phillip Rivers do? He comes back and wins the game. Phillip Rivers went from not even in the MVP conversation to in the MVP conversation. He did all this without Keenan Allen on the field. He was using Mike Williams, a guy who I said was going to ball out this season, and just got the job done. Look, I don't think Pat Mahomes played bad. I think that was more Andy Reid's fault. I think they went too conservative at the end of the game when you don't have Kareem Hunt back there to run the ball that's going to hurt you and I think that ended up being the downfall of this game between these two teams oh it's 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 so tough for me to pick who's better between these two teams guys I mean the Chargers they still have to play the Ravens and the Broncos Ravens got something to play for I personally like the Chargers I feel like they're on fire right now then you go look at the Chiefs schedule they're at the Seahawks versus the Raiders I mean I think the Chiefs will beat the Seahawks but I mean that's gonna be another crazy game too Seahawks will come out motivated after a key loss last week that game's gonna be on Sunday Night Football another great NFL slate again I mean if you don't like watching the NFL don't watch sports these are some of the best matchups I've seen three weeks in a row it's gonna be so much fun to watch but overall guys I just really think that Kansas City man they might have peaked too soon just like the Chargers I mean just like the Rams so I think this could really end up hurting them here guys and they could end up falling off I mean we don't know what's going to happen for sure here a lot of football left to be played I mean Kansas City it'd just be crazy to me to see them go from being in the being the best record and having home field advantage throughout the playoffs to a bye. I mean to a having to play as a wild card in the first round on the road. So that would be crazy to see if they have to play the Patriots again. I'll definitely smash the over once more in that game. But it's going to be weird to see what plays out here. I personally think if Kansas City doesn't win the division, that they will lose in the first round of the playoffs and do nothing. I think if Kansas City can get home field advantage, the home field advantage they have will be crazy. I don't really think the home field advantage helps the Chargers that much. They have such a problem getting fans out of the games, which baffles me with how good this team is. I will say this, though. They do have Joey Bosa back, who missed 11 weeks, and they played that good without their best pass rusher. Give them their best pass rusher? I mean, who knows what you could see this team do. Philip Rivers is leading this team right now, and I'll use this as my MVP segment here. I mean, this MVP race, guys, is going to be absolutely crazy, just like the playoff race. It's between Rivers... Breeze, um, Pat Mahomes. I mean, you could even say Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson are in there. I'd have them both tied for the next spot. They're basically doing the exact same thing with the team they have. Got to give Andrew Luck a lot of love. He's doing the exact same thing Russell Wilson is. I think he is now a top, almost a top five quarterback, if not a top five quarterback for me. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I think Andrew Luck is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. I'd probably take him over Matt Ryan. Andrew Luck's just a winner, guys, and we've seen him do it time. I mean, he did it his first year in the league. He went to the playoffs, had that outstanding comeback, won the division. I mean, that team was pretty good. They were just missing a quarterback. You forget they almost went to the Super Bowl with Manning the year before when he had to get neck surgery. But still, guys, Andrew Luck can get the job done. 
I'd say he has a bottom 10 offensive weapons, although I do like Nakeem Hines, and I really like T.Y. Hilton. I mean, Luck and T.Y., it's one of the best combos. The last year, they were both healthy together. They led the league in connections, and and uh, T.Y. Hilton led the league in receiving yards, and Andrew Luck led the league in like yards per passing. You know, all those weird little passing stats. So these guys click together, and they've been clicking all season long. I mean, that was thoroughly impressive watching them move the ball up and down the field against Dallas. They probably played the best of any team I've seen in the league versus Dallas. I wouldn't sweat anything, Cowboys fans. Y'all have some very unfortunate breaks. It felt like anything that could go wrong went wrong in that game. Wouldn't sweat anything if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, guys, but... Overall, like I said, great weekend of watching the NFL. MVP race, guys. Right now, I'm going Drew Brees over all these guys. I mean, like I said, I think it's a race to the best record at this point. All the guys' stats are so similar and everything. I'm taking Drew Brees. I mean, if something funky were to happen and all these guys lost four games, I could maybe make an argument to give it to a Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck, but... I just I can't I just can't do that guys and give it to a wild card guy when these guys are putting up these kinds of numbers and have these good records. I'm probably going best player on the best team and that's going to be Drew Brees. Also Drew Brees has never gotten one like I've said before, so it could be a lifetime achievement award as well for him. I think that I think Drew Brees it's his award to lose at this point. He can go out and have his award-winning game against the Steelers. I felt like that <coughs> that was what he was going to try to do against the Panthers was have that award-winning uh, performance, especially since it's a primetime game, Monday Night Football, whole nation watching, but it didn't really turn out like that, so I look for him to bounce back and leave no questions about it and sit out Week 16 after the Saints have wrapped up home field advantage here in the playoffs. All right, guys, that's going to do it for NFL for this podcast. Now I'm going to move over here to talk a little NBA. We had a big trade go down, guys. Trevor Ariza traded back to the Wizards, a team he played for a couple of years back. I think it was like 2012 or something like that. Back when I was in high school, he was playing on the Wizards, though. It's kind of funny to see him go back to the district. I think, first off, that this trade makes the Wizards better. Um, Wizards are definitely lacking another wing defender. I mean, him and Otto Porter Jr., that gives you great wings. To go along with Beal and Wall, gives you a nice little small lineup. I mean, I think the Wizards, they really need a center. Dwight Howard has been sitting out all season with his uh, butt injury or whatever you, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to speculate about it. He's been sitting out with that injury all season long. They traded Gortat to the Clippers because they went out and signed Dwight Howard. So I don't know how that's really going to work out. I think they need a solid big man in the middle. They've been using lots of different ones. Haven't really been a fan of any of the guys they've been using. But this trade, guys, sent Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre out to the uh, Suns. And I think, I mean, the Suns were smart here to trade Ariza. Anybody who that who was trying to make the playoffs would give anything up to have Ariza. I mean, he's such a good wing defender. He was planning on re-signing with Houston or going to L.A. or going to a playoff team until they offered him $15 million. He was like, geez, that's way above my market value. got to take that. I mean, Ariza's genius for taking that. Now he's making it on a team that will probably be a playoff team. I think the Wizards clearly win the trade here. They go from probably missing the playoffs and needing to blow their whole team up to possibly a playoff team. I mean, I think they definitely make the playoffs. Those last three teams in the East, like me and Cohen have said many times on the Association podcast, none of those teams are going to finish above 500. So I think the Wizards will be fine there making the playoffs in that spot. I mean, Kelly Oubre, he's clearly the loser of this trade. It sucks for him, man, that he's got to go play out with the with the Suns who keep losing games. But at the same time, I think he could be a really good player for them in the future, give them an extra athletic wing defender. He's young. He could resign there. I mean, they're about to get either R.J. Barrett, Zion, Cam Reddish, Bull Bull. They're going to get one of those extra stars in there. The, this Suns team, guys, got lots and lots of lots of potential. They're going to be freakishly scary, I think, next season. So Oubre could be in a good spot at the same time. Austin Rivers got waived. I mean, like I've said many times, Austin Rivers is he's below, way below average. I mean, he's definitely not a starter in the league. He's a 
He's like your seventh, eighth, ninth guy off the bench. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. So Austin Rivers moves on smartly as well. I mean, I don't know who's going to end up picking him up. I have no idea about that. But next thing I want to talk about the NBA, guys, here comes the Houston Rockets. James Harden has been playing out of his mind yet lately. I don't know if y'all watched the game or not last night, but I watched every play of it. And James Harden was giving the Jazz buckets all night. He's been doing it the last couple games. He had back-to-back triple doubles. One of them where he had 50 against the Lakers on this on the on this uh, four-game win streak. The next game he has 12, 10, and 32 against the Grizzlies. Get another solid dub. That's on the road at the Grindhouse. Not an easy thing to do right there, guys. Then the next game he comes back, drops 47 last night against the Jazz. Had that little questionable travel call. Look, they got to call it. LeBron travels. Jordan travels. Magic Johnson palmed the ball. Everybody, everybody does it in the NBA. I don't want to hear people start saying, "Oh, well, James Harden travels when he doesn't step back." If y'all start that from the stupid little defense thing, y'all said five steals last night. For those of y'all who don't think he plays defense, and he's top five in the league in steals per game. So I don't even want to hear it. And he had a top fifty defensive win share last year. So I mean. Y'all got to stop with all this ridiculous stuff about James Harden not being good at this and that. Accept him for how good he is. Here comes the Rockets, though, guys. They seem to be pulling everything together. Brandon Knight and um, Marquise Chris are both supposed to be back in the lineup here soon. I think the Rockets are finally starting to get everybody together and trying to start making this playoff push. I still could see the Rockets making a move for a player or two. I could look for them to add another wing defender or something like that, maybe even add Austin Rivers as a backup point guard. Don't I think you would be a decent little fit here in Houston, although I don't know how him and Chris Paul get together, get along together, especially since all that stuff we heard about the Clippers. You might want to stay away from that just a little bit because of that reason, but Rockets are coming, guys. Be aware. Be scared. They're going to finish top five in the West. I promise you all that. Um, last thing I want to talk about here, NBA, before I let y'all go, is De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. Are they the next KD and Russell Westbrook, like Dave Yeager said the other day in his interview? I don't know if Russell Westbrook and KD is the right kind of comparison. I think Fox compares pretty well to Westbrook. Obviously, though, he's a little more – he shoots. He's, he plays a little smarter with his shot selection. I, w- I don't think Westbrook is a selfish player. I don't think he's a bad teammate, so I'm not going to say he's less selfish. I'm going to say he takes a little better shot selection than Russell Westbrook does. Westbrook's been known to chuck up some quote-unquote reckless shots or shots he not, should not shoot. So I think Fox is a little bit more – more cerebral basketball mind than Russell Westbrook is, although Russell Westbrook is a dog. Nobody matches his alpha mentality and the energy that he brings to the floor every night. Marvin Bagley, I think he compares better to Chris Bosh with his body style and his play style. He can get boards. He can post you up. He can pop out, shoot the three ball. He can take you off the dribble. Marvin Bagley's only going to get better, guys. I think he will be a superstar in this league. I always said that in, in my draft big board, I would go number one, Luka Doncic, number two, Marvin Bagley, number three, Trey Young. And I always said that I thought Trey Young, Bagley, had the highest potential out of all these guys. I thought we kind of knew what we were going to get from Donkic, and that was a top 10 player. But Bagley and Trey Young have the ability to be top five players in this league. They're that freakishly scary. So they have a great team here down in Sacramento. Absolutely love Buddy Heald. He's been shooting the lights out of the ball. He's averaging 18 points per game, over three made three-pointers per game. He's stepping his game up. Willie Cauley-Stein averaging a double-double again this year. He's stepping it up, too. King's got a nice little young team, guys. I'd be aware of them. I love how Amon Shumpert kind of teaches these young guys the nitty-gritty play style of of, uh, NBA basketball and how to be a junkyard dog. So I really love what the Kings are doing with this young team. They're going to be a great team here in the future, guys. But... That's about all I got for y'all today. I appreciate y'all tuning in. I'm going to have a guest on later on in the week to talk a little NFL matchups with me this weekend. 
might bring back a hot 100 on. I'll get some sort of special little segment in there for y'all. Lots of good stuff coming up this weekend. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Got lots of stuff out there for y'all. 17 and 11 on this round of NBA picks, 9 and 3 on maxes. So y'all might want to get in on all that stuff. I'll talk to y'all later. Appreciate y'all tuning in. See y'all next time.